Alhamdulillahi wa kafa. As-salamu ala ibadihi al-lazeen as-tafa amma ba'd. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytani rajimi bismillah ar-rahman ar-rahim. Wal-lazeena amanu ash-shadu al-humbadilla. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wa-salamu ala al-mursaleena walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma salli ala sayyiduna Muhammad. وعلى آله سيدنا محمد ومبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله سيدنا محمد ومبارك وسلم الله سبحانه وتعالى gave each and every one of us one heart and Allah سبحانه وتعالى himself is al-ahad is one Allah سبحانه وتعالى if there had been like Allah سبحانه وتعالى gives one دليل القرآن if there had been more than one God in the heavens and the firmaments, then they would have had a clash with each other. But actually, even more than that, if there had been more than one God in the firmaments, they would have had a clash for the hearts of a person. And you will see that in these religions that had multiple gods, they believed that there were multiple gods. Some of them loved this one, some of them loved that one, and then they had rivalries, and they had rival temples, and actually, in that love, they used to end up in war. <laughs> in the name of that love, they used to end up in war. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is one, and our heart is one. And our heart is supposed to love this one Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more than any other one. Now, our mistake is that, instead of loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we have allowed some other loves to enter into our heart. Some false love, some unlawful love some impure love, some lustful love, some romantic love, some materialistic love. In fact, sometimes there's a person that have so many of these loves. They have some lustful love for one particular person. Then they have intra- attraction for any and all ghair-mahram. Then they also have love for the dunya that they have. Then they have love generally for the dunya that other people have. Then they have love for themselves, Ujub and Raya. They have so many false loves. Not even that they just have one rival in their heart. They have many, many rivals in their heart instead of loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So for every single false love that we have, we won't be able to have the true love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we have five false loves, ten false loves in our heart, can you imagine how difficult that heart will find it to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So much so that people pray Salah and they say in Salah they were thinking about these false loves. Somebody thinks about business in Salah. Somebody thinks about haram images in their Salah. Somebody's thinking about themselves and love for themselves in Salah. So much false love that we have. And Sayyidina Rasulullah said in Hadith, Ahibbu ma Allah, that you should love whatever Allah Ta'ala loves. It means that Sayyidina Rasulullah understood and we are going to have some interaction with creation, and part of that will be based on love. So very simple. We can only love those things that Allah Ta'ala loves, those people that Allah Ta'ala loves for us to love. Love for Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu love for Sahaba, these are all important loves. We don't have these loves, actually. That person who loves Sahaba, he can't love Ghair Bahram. Not possible. Because that part of his heart that will be used for love for creation is used properly. Love for Sahaba, love for Oliya, love for Ulama. If he doesn't have those loves, then that part of his heart which will love creation 
will be used improperly, then he will instead have love for non-mahram. They will, rather than reading stories of Sahaba, they want to read stories of non-mahram on the internet. Because the love they were supposed to use for creation was for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they instead used that for the sake of their nafs. Then Nabi Akareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Ahibu ma ahabballah, that you should love whatever Allah ta'ala loves. Then Ahibullaha min kulli kulubikum, and you should love Allah ta'ala with all your heart entirely. Love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with all your heart entirely. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted us so many blessings, everything that we have. This is one reason to love Allah subhanahu because He has given us blessings. This in our deen is called ashik ihsani that we love Allah subhanahu because of His ihsanat on us, because of His favors and bounties and blessings on us. And if that is a reason to love Allah subhanahu then there is no being who has put as many bounties and blessings on us. One reason to fall in love is due to the perfection of a being or the beauty of a being. So if that is the reason to fall in love, then all the more reason to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah ta'ala is beautiful and He created beauty itself. He created every attribute inside us, every sifat inside us, every talent inside us. So if a person wants to love beauty, they should love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If they want to love perfection, they should love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes a person falls in love with those who have might and majesty and power. Allah Ta'ala then said in Quran, He is Zuljalali wal Ikram, He is Al Aziz al Jambar al Mutakabbir. So this is a reason to fall in love. We should love Allah Subhanahu Any and every reason that a human heart has to love will ultimately lead it to love Allah Subhanahu Any reason worth loving will make a person fall in love with Allah Subhanahu that's why Allah SWT said in the Qur'an, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَنُّ حُبَّ لِلَّهِ Even some ulama of Arabic, they tried to research the origin and meaning of this word, Ism Jalala Allah. Now a lot has been written on this in many different positions. One of the positions is that, that this word, Ism Jalala Allah, its root comes from Waliha. And Waliha means to love ardently, to love with a passion, to love uncontrollably. To love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uncontrollably. Now, the difference between us and all of other creation is that human beings and jinn are the only ones who can love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No other creation has the ability to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything else obeys. Allah ta'ala mentions that in Quran. Everything else to zikr. That there is nothing in the universe except that it is the tasbih and hamd of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the only thing that can love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that insan, that insan that is Allah na'amanu. Now even this word, ism jalala, creates a love in our heart. Allah ta'ala has used his ism azim, ism jalala, 2698 times in Quran. 2698 times in Quran. We have Ismi Azim, Ism Jalala. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala knew that my lovers, they would love to take my name. Just the mention of my name will make them fall in love with me. That when Allah SWT is mentioned, their hearts would tremble and quiver and quake in the passion of love. They would quake in the passion of fear and they will also quake in the passion of love. So this feeling also 
to take Allah Ta'ala's name. The ulama awliya said that all the other creation that does zikr of Allah Ta'ala, only insan has been blessed to do the zikr of Allah Ta'ala with ismi azam ism jalala Allah. The birds chirping will never be Allah. The fish, whatever form of zikr they do, will not be Allah. The leaves rustling will not be Allah. Only insan has been given this sharf, this izzat, this maqam, that they get to take the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his ism azam ism jalala. But this is something very special. Even one poet, he said that this potion of love, means this jami muhabbat, has been granted only to human beings. Only to human beings. Rabbi Basriya Rabbi she used to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so much. And she wanted that people should also love Allah ta'ala. So a very famous incident about her, one day she took a pot of water and she took a piece of wood which had fire. And somebody asked her, that, Oh Rabbi, where are you going? And she said that I'm going to set fire to the Jannah of people. Who is worshipping for Jannah? I will set fire to that Jannah that they think they're worshipping for. And the water, she said, anybody who's worshipping out of the fear of Jannah, I will throw water on that fire that they're afraid of. Why? Because people should only be worshipping out of the love for Allah SWT. And doesn't mean that we shouldn't have love for Jannah, we shouldn't have fear of Jannah. Imam al-Bani Shaykh he wrote about her incident in the Maktubat and he said that she was nakis. And Kabul means the perfection means that you worship Allah Ta'ala in every feeling that He wants you to feel. This is the mission. That our feelings will be based on whatever Allah Ta'ala wants us to feel in Quran. So it's very clear in some places in Quran that Allah Ta'ala wants us to feel a love for Jannah a yearning for Jannah, a desire for Jannah. And it's very clear in Quran and Sunnah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us also to feel the feeling of fear of Jahannam. So we should have the desire for Jannah, we should have the fear of Jahannam, but Imam Anabhata wrote, but the love, we don't love Jannah. This is the part that Rabbi Basra is right. So she thought that people were worshipping out of love for Jannah. No, that's the wrong feeling. Love can only be for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But yes, hope that we enter into Jannah, Ad-Raja, and hope, fear of Jahannam. This is the right feeling. And that's why in our deen, these are the words you hope for Jahannam, not muhabbat for Jannat. You will never find anybody talking to you like that. That there should be muhabbat for Jannat, is for Jannat, no. Raja. Hope that we get Jannat. Why? Because love is reserved for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Love is reserved for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And you will see in this world, Sometimes our shaykh, he loved to tell the story that once he saw an animal trainer and the animal trainer was feeding the animals and then the lion trainer. And so the lion can go in and the, uh, the trainer goes in and the lion won't bite the trainer. So somebody asked the trainer, why, why won't the lion bite you? And the trainer said, because I'm the one who feeds the lion. <laughs> so the lion has recognized me as the one who gives it food. So because of that, the lion has a particular respect for me. So our Sheikh says that when he heard this, he thought that if the lion, who is a predatory animal, even the lion can have love and respect and submission to that human who is giving it food, then why can't that son have love and submission and obedience to that Allah Ta'ala who gave us every food, every blessing, every bounty that we have? Hmm? Allah Akbar. So we as humans have so much more to be loyal and grateful for. So loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is part of the fitra of insan. Part of the fitra of insan. It goes all the way from the fitra of insan to what we call maqam of ihsan. See, there's one love 
that Allah Ta'ala has given us in our taba, in our fitra. That's our natural intrinsic love for Allah Ta'ala. But then there's a higher love. There's a higher love. That is the love that is acquired through deen. That is the love. One is our human love for Allah Ta'ala. Because Allah Ta'ala gathered our ruh, Allah Ta'ala gathered all the arwah, they saw Allah Ta'ala, Allah asked, am I your rub? They said, yes, you are rub. That is the human love for Allah Ta'ala. But deen came down to elevate insan even beyond this level. Yes. Now can you imagine what that level must have been of that ruh that saw Allah Ta'ala and said, yes Allah, I testify you are my rub. But deen of Islam has the power to bring the love for Allah Ta'ala in a person even higher than that. Why? Because that time we were making love for Allah Ta'ala, seeing Allah Ta'ala in a state of mushahada. Here Allah Ta'ala gave us a higher level of love. What? Alladheena yu'minuna bil That these are other type of lovers. These are crazy mad lovers. They are loving the unseen. They are loving the unknown. They have so much love for Allah Ta'ala. So that is an acquired type of love. And that love is to love Allah Ta'ala as if you have mushahada. But you don't have it. But you love Allah Ta'ala the way you would if you have mushahada. That's what Sayyidina Sussam called Asan. Antabudullah ka'annaka tara. That you worship Allah Ta'ala as lovingly as if you were seeing Him and worshipping Him while seeing Him. You should feel the same way when He's unseen. That's more love. That's even more to feel the way that you would feel when seen, when Allah is unseen, that requires even more love than if you were seen. The love you have to have in a ghayb is even more than the love you would have in Mushada. This is called acquired love. This is the level of love Allah Ta'ala is trying to bring us in deen of Islam. This is the training of deen. This is called tazkiyah. And how can a person get that love Allah Ta'ala wants us to leave the seen loves of this world. So, lower your gaze. Leave the seen loves. Leave the observable loves. Love for mal, dunya. The dunya is in front of you. Money is in front of you. Opportunity of earning, investing is always in front of you. Allah says, leave it. Leave the seen beloveds. Leave all the seen, observable beloveds of the world and instead give your heart to the unseen Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and make him your true beloved. Leave all mushahida of the dunya and have iman and muhabbat in the ghayb Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Akbar. But we don't realize this. We don't realize that this is the message of deen. This is what it means. That those who have iman are ashad. They're too extreme in their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're gone to such an extreme. Ashad. We don't realize that that's what we're supposed to be. So we look at the world, we look at glamour, we look at glitz, we look at beauty, we fall in all love with all of the seen, observable, empirical loves. We see some talent in ourselves, we fall in love with ourselves. We're not falling in love with some ghayb in us, we're falling in love with mushahida. We see anything in ourselves, we fall in love with ourselves. Oh, people look in the mirror, seen. <laughs> they look in the mirror, they fall in love with themselves. The amount that people look at the mirror. And it's amazing how lovingly they look at themselves in the mirror. Everyone. They can notice some feature. Allah has given everybody some feature. The best they know, they pick that feature. They love looking at that feature. And they make sure that feature is okay. Hmm? Yes, before they go in the morning, whatever that feature is, they make sure that feature is okay. So much loving the scene. We are so busy loving what is seen, we forgot that we were created to love the unseen Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why in early times people were more simple. They didn't even have mirrors. They wouldn't even see themselves for a long time. 
when the Wali of Allah Taala he was making wudu and he saw the reflection uh, in the water, which is not always, you can't always see, that must also be something about the angle of the sun or time of day. And he happened to see that in reflection, no, my beard has become white. <laughs> they didn't even know these things. They weren't caught up with the sea. They weren't caught up with the sea. We are so stuck on what we see, what we see, what we see. Our eyes are just consuming. If you want to know how much we're supposed to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our kalab is supposed to be as harith as our eyes are. Just like the eyes, we take everything in. You walk into a place, you take everything at a glance. And so many glances. Hmm? You want to sweep in everything at a glance. And we cast thousands and thousands of glances a day. So the mu'min, he just wants, takes a glance at his heart. Uses his heart to glance at the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he does that over and over. This is the love that we're supposed to have for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Indeed. Okay. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gave us His bounties and pleasures. Same thing. There are some ni'mas, some bounties that are seen, and there are some bounties and pleasures that are unseen. Even if we love Allah ta'ala for the bounties and pleasures He gives us, we are supposed to love Him more for the unseen ones. For example, what are the seen ones? So I can say, okay, I see a car in my driveway. That's the bounty of Allah Ta'ala. I can see food on my plate in my fridge. That's the bounty of Allah Ta'ala. These are observable ni'mas. So we should love Allah Ta'ala for that. But then there's the unobservable ni'mah inside us, which was the tawfiq of imam. You can't see that. You can't touch that. It's unobservable. Our own hidden imam. We were supposed to love Allah Ta'ala infinitely more for the iman that he gave us. As opposed to just loving Allah Ta'ala because He gave us car, He gave us wealth, He gave us position, He gave us wife, He gave us children. This nisbah that we have with Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu this is unseen, being an ummati of the Prophet We are supposed to love Allah Ta'ala for this nisbah that He gave us. This ghaybi nisbah, this unseen connection. This is the real thing we were supposed to love. So even if that part of the love, that we love Allah Ta'ala because of the blessings He gave us, even that we are not doing properly as strongly as we should. Because we just look at the physical blessings. And that's why that those people, when the blessings go down, their love for Allah Ta'ala fades. If there's a difficulty at work, difficulty in business, then the worldly blessing goes down, their love for Allah fades. Because they had attached their love to Allah Ta'ala to the worldly blessings. But that person who loves Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala for this gift of iman, their love can never fade. That person who loves Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because they gave them the blessing of being for the ummah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu their love can never fade. No matter how difficult anything happens, this is known as the love of the Anbiya. This is the love of the Anbiya. Of course, none of us can become Anbiya. But the next approximation of that is the love of the Uliya. What's the love of the Anbiya? The Anbiya, okay, Allah ta'ala gave them this ghaybi gift of Nabuwa. But then if you look at their lives, zahir outwardly, so many difficulties, so many tests, so many removal of blessings. Allah Ta'ala taking back the blessing of the sun from Sayyidina Rasulullah Then again taking back the blessing of the sun from Sayyidina Rasulullah child. Then taking away the blessing of Makkah Makaram sending to Madinah Manawara. Outwardly Allah Ta'ala is taking blessings away. <laughs> taking blessings back. Taking Sayyidina Hamzah with him back. But Nabi Yusuf didn't change his love for Allah Ta'ala at all. Because his love for Allah Ta'ala wasn't based on the outward observable seen blessings and bounties that Allah Ta'ala gave him. His love for Allah was based on the unseen bounties and blessings. This is the love of the Anbiya. Because the Anbiya are in that state of Mushahada. They're in that state of absolute yaqeen and Mushahada. So the closest approximation to this is the love of the Awliya.
This is actually Imam of Azairah felt in his life journey. He was looking for Yaqeen. Yaqeen is from Ishq and Muhabba. So he felt that the Allah, they had the closest approximation of the love for Allah Ta'ala and Yaqeen and Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala that the Anbiya have. So we have to feel these bounties and blessings inside us even more. When we pray Salah, that's a bounty and blessing from Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. This is why the Anbiya used to say, وَمَا تَوْفِيكِ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ They used to feel it. That I have no ability, no might, no power, no grace to do any good deed, except that it came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Except that it came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now to get this love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sometimes a person has to cut themselves off. Cut themselves off from all other feelings, especially when the of the heart gets over-attached. When the heart gets over-attached to this world, the heart gets over-attached to unlawful loves. Even if the heart gets over-attached to permissible loves, sometimes you have to cut the heart off. Simply cut that heart off. This is why people would then go for sober with the sadaqeen, would go in khalwa. The original concept of jilla was for this reason, to go for the sake of tazkiyah, to go to cut yourself off, disconnect from the world, to get this feeling of love for Allah subhanahu wa in our heart. Then a person would come back out of that. This would be called fana. And then a person would come back and they would love creation for the sake of loving Allah Ta'ala. In fact, their love for creation would only increase their love for Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. This is the real sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah. His love for the Ummah was part of his love for Allah Ta'ala. His love for the Ummah was an izafa in his love for Allah Ta'ala. It increased his love for Allah Ta'ala. Then his fikr concerned for insan. And you can say in some sense his love for insan that he wished to, for them to have iman. That was also part of his love for Allah subhanahu ta'ala. So it means that to love Allah ta'ala entirely, then to reconnect with creation and to love them for the sake of Allah ta'ala to such an extent that the way you love them for the sake of Allah actually increases your love for Allah subhanahu ta'ala. So it's not just that baka means that your fana remains. The people who have sunnah baka, their fana goes up. Their fanayat goes up through their baka. This is the sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu This is called love. This is feeling of the heart. Everything is incinerated in this love. Everything is obliterated in this love. Every single feeling is felt for the sake of this love. Everything is in the shadow of this love. There is a wahdat and muhabbat. That's it. Everything is subsumed under that one love for that one Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that one love for that one Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now our mashayikh, the method of zikr of our salah, they wanted this type of love. So they went for zikr of ismi azam. Why? Because Allah ta'ala said in Quran, وَذْكُرْ إِسْمَ رَبِّكْ وَتَبَتَّلْ إِلَيْهِ تَبْدِيلًا Make zikr of the ism of your Rabb. The name of our Rabb is Allah. And that will enable you to get this tabattal, this fanayyad, this disconnect from everything, this complete connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of this, everything I just said tonight about the for Allah ta'ala, all of it can come through the barakah of Allah ta'ala's name. Tabarakasmulabbik. And full of barakah is the name of your Rabb. Anytime you want to start something, Bismillah. I begin with the barakah of the name of Allah. 
This name of Allah has so much barak in it, it can wipe away all of the other feelings. All of the other feelings. So sometimes a person has to empty their hearts. It even happens that sometimes their hearts may be emptied of the permissible loves. It may even happen like that. Love for their spouse, love for their children. And many people don't understand. And many people ask this question, that, oh, you mentioned this hadith and I don't understand. How is that possible? I'll mention that is to you. And one Sayyidina Rasulullah was sitting with Umul Mu'mineen Sayyidina Aisha anha. And then he looked at her. He said, Man ant, then who are you? And she said, Ana Aisha, then I'm Aisha. He said, Man Aisha, who's Aisha? She said, I said, Binti Abi Bakr. I'm the daughter of Abu Bakr Siddiqullah. She said, Then the Prophet Man Abu Bakr. Then who's Abu Bakr? And she says, I realized. <laughs> this is something else going on. Because if he's forgotten Abu Bakr Siddiq with Allah Ta'ala Anhu, that means there's nothing at all in all of Ghairullah that the Prophet will remember at this moment. And another hadith Sayyidina Rasulullah said, that I have no Rafiq, I have no intimate, close, beloved friend and companion. Were I to have chosen a Rafiq for myself in this world, I would have chosen Abu Bakr. So it means that Sayyidina Rasulullah he does love Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, obviously. But there is a certain extra level in his heart. <laughs> that the love for Allah Ta'ala is so extreme in that zone that even love for Abu Bakr can't coexist in that zone. We have to have that zone in our heart. We don't have that. To have a certain zone where only and only love for Allah Ta'ala is. Only and only Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala is. Sayyidina Rasulullah he had that zone. And then when he passed away, Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, he had the same zone. Same zone. Yes, he loved Sayyidina Umar. He loved the other Sahaba. But he had a zone in which he only loved Allah SWT. Only loved Allah SWT. Now then some people ask this question that you know, okay, that was Sayyidina Rasulullah What about us? So yes, we are, have one slight difference from this love of the Anbiya. So there's a slight well, actually, rather, you could say that one What is that? That's another thing. Now, that's also obviously the Ghair Nabi will have love for their Nabi, but actually, all of the Anbiya had Ishkarusul Sallallahu So, every single human being had love for a Prophet. Either we all have love for Sayyidina Rasulullah Other communities, they had love for their Prophet. All of the Anbiya, they had love for Sayyidina Rasulullah So then Sayyidina Rasulullah didn't have a love for a Prophet because obviously he was Nabi Al-Anbiya. There was nobody who was his Prophet. He was the Prophet for all the Prophets also. So in that space, where all of us have love for Sayyidina Rasulullah love for Anbiya, that space... Sayyidina Rasulullah had love for his ummah. If you want to know how much Sayyidina Rasulullah loved his ummah, he loved his ummah as much as the other anbiya loved him. That's how much he loved his ummah. This is a special extra love. All of the other anbiya had love for him. We have love for our Nabi. That space that is in a person's heart, what did Sayyidina Rasulullah have in that space? He had love for his ummah. Can you imagine how much he loved his ummah? Maybe you cannot, first you have to imagine how much all the anbiya, they love Sayyidina Rasulullah They loved him, yes. They used to make dua, they wanted to be from his ummah. 
the greatest moment of their life was when they got to pray Salah behind him in Baitul Muqaddas. This was the miraj of their life. <laughs> it was the miraj of Sayyidina Sallallahu to go further. For them, this was their miraj. <laughs> for them, their miraj was Didar Rasulullah Sallallahu For Rasulullah is miraj is Didar Allah. Yes? So the, the love that all of the Anbiya had for Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu that is the level of love that Sayyidina Rasulullah had for his Ummah. He loved the Anbiya also, but they were his, they were haris of him. Sayyidina Rasulullah was haris of us. Haris on Ali. Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, he is extremely desirous. The word greedy doesn't sound nice here, I don't know how to explain this in English. It's burning desire, yearning, pining. He pines for his ummah. Allah Akbar. This deen is a deen of love. This deen is a deen of love. So the awliyaullah, they have the closest approximation of this love of the anbiya. Closest thing that you can get to the love of the anbiya is the love of the awliyaullah. So this tabattal, this tabattal, for us it doesn't mean, for us it means that we have to disconnect ourselves from every love, except love for Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But even love for Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is subsumed under the category of love for Allah. We love it because he is Rasulullah. We love it because he is Abdullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This is a mistake some people make. If they love Sayyidina Rasulullah as some separate entity, other than his nisbat with Allah subhanahu wa you may, some of you may begin person here. No. It doesn't, it does not lessen our love for the, what I'm about to say right now is not in any way lessening our love. It's increasing our love for Sayyidina Rasulullah to understand this. That our real love for him is the nisbat that he has with Allah subhanahu wa Because he is our prophet. We love him because of his nubuwat. His nubuwat is his nisbat and his ability to connect us to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what Allah says in the Quran. Qul in kuntum tuhibboon Allah. That all oh, my beloved messengers and tell these people. In kuntum tuhibboon Allah. That if they love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they claim they love Allah ta'ala, they think they love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fattabi'uni. No, this love has a nisbat to it. There's a connector to this love. They have to do ittiba of your sunnah. What happens if they follow the sunnah? Yuhbibkumullah. Allah Ta'ala will love them. So the sunnah connects us to love for Allah Ta'ala and the sunnah connects us to mahbubiyyah, to becoming the beloved of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. That means the whole love that we have for the Prophet is lillah fillah. It's for the sake of our love for Allah Ta'ala is on the sake of getting Allah Ta'ala's love for us. Allah Ta'ala's love for us. Those who have Iman, they're extremely intense in their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Extremely intense in their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every other thing fades in comparison. Every other thing whisks away in the air. Now imagine what that life is like. Huh? That's called Siddiq. That's called Siddiq. Siddiqeen are the people who have this. Siddiqeen are the ones who are true. What does it mean in their heart? There are many of us who are true in our appearance. No, Siddiqeen are the ones who are true in their heart. True in their heart means this, that they have this type of love. They have these type of feelings. They have these type of feelings. 
Then Imam and others in the Sawaf also mentioned at another level. So what we have talked about a bit tonight is being Fanafillah and what does it mean to be Fanafi Rasul Sallallahu So then came up another concept that people misunderstand and get Parishan about. That's called Fanafi Shaykh. Fanafi Shaykh. What does that mean? Just like Sayyidina Rasulullah is the connector for us loving Allah Ta'ala and being beloved to Allah Ta'ala, the Siddiqeen are the connectors to us being the lovers of the Prophet and being beloved to the Prophet That's why for the Sahaba today had skipped that step. Sahaba did not need to be in touch with any Siddiq. They got to be directly in touch with Sayyidina Rasulullah But for any and everyone after them, Allah Ta'ala's commanded in Quran, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu taqullaha wa kunu ma'as sadiqeen. Ya sadiqeen, sadiqeen and siddiqeen. Why should you be with them? The purpose of the siddiqeen and sadiqeen is to connect us to that love for the Prophet which was to connect us to the, to the love and belovedness of the Prophet which then connects us to the love and belovedness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fanayat doesn't mean, people miss it, Fanayat is not for shaykh, doesn't mean you lose yourself in love of shaykh such that you forget Allah Ta'ala and forget Sayyidina That's not what it means. People take a literal translation. Fanafi shaykh means that you love the Siddiqeen so truly that their true love for the Prophet enters into you seamlessly. Fanayat is the connection, it's the nisbat. So it enters into you seamlessly. Then you start loving Sayyidina Rasulullah Then when you get Fanaf Rasulullah you love Sayyidina Rasulullah so much, so perfectly, that the love for Allah Ta'ala enters into you seamlessly, and then you become the beloved of Allah Ta'ala seamlessly, Yuhbibkumullah. This is what it means. But our hearts are too busy <laughs> with other loves. Huh? Yes, occupied. Occupied. Hmm? Loving this, loving that. You don't understand. Those people who gave themselves up to this way, Allah, they went on this state. <laughs> they went through this path. And they got true love and true belovedness. True mahabba, true mahbubiyya. Allah, then their whole life changes. This love is something. It changes your whole life. It changes how you talk. It changes how you walk. It changes how you act. It changes how you interact. It changes how you feel. It changes how you think. It changes your personality. It changes your temperament. It changes your outlook. Ashad. This is the most strong force. It melts a person and remolds a person and then melts them again and remolds them again and melts them again and remolds them again. These believers, their hearts are brimming. Their hearts are full. Their hearts are overflowing with the love for Allah. This is why now when Sayyidina Ibrahim he went through this process. Hmm? He went through the process of loving Allah. So what was one of the things he said? La uhibbul afilin. That I don't love the afilin. I don't love literally those things that set, those things that fade, those things that are waning, those things that are unreal. Said, I cannot love it. I can never love it. This is part of the mizaj Ibrahimi that we are supposed to be on. Allah Ta'ala told us in Quran, in fact, Allah Ta'ala told Sayyidina Rasulullah that you are to follow Millat Ibrahim. And by extension, that means us also. So this is one part that we should have in our life. 
La uhibbul afili. I don't love. I cannot love. I find it impossible to love. I find it inconceivable to love anything that is fading in this world. So all these beauties, hmm? whether it's the physical beauty of a ghair mahram, whether it's the beauty of the dunya, they're all fading. They're all afilin. Every single one of them is afilin. Every glory, grit, glamour, every power, everything is afilin. So this is one of the phases that a person goes through in this path of love. So Sayyidina Ibrahim is on this journey of fanayat. Hmm? So along the way he gets this feeling that I can't love anything that is from the afilin. Then Ibrahim then he says, فَإِنَّهُمْ أَدُوُّ لِي إِلَّا رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ That every single thing is an enemy to me, except رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ This is another phase a person goes in love. They feel distant, disassociated, and they don't want to hear anything other than their beloved. They just think that anything that is trying to talk to me, engage me, attract me, interest me, other than my beloved, all of it is my enemy. Allahu Akbar. Ji? Hmm? These are the stages that a person goes through in love. So when a person falls in love hmm, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they get this feeling, this yearning, this longing, this restlessness, this listlessness in their heart. Now all they want to do is fulfill that love. How do they fulfill that love? Through obedience. That's why the Arabs say, Al-Muhibbu liman ahabba muti'un That the lover is obedient to their beloved. And then what's the next stage that could go after ita'a? It's ibadah. To make your mahaboob your ma'bood. Imam al-Ghazali, in his kitab al-Muhabba, in al-Muddin, he says the highest level of love is to make your mahaboob your ma'bood. That love can only be for who? That love can only be for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, if making your love means to make your mahabub your ma'bud, and Allah said in Quran, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّكُمْ It means that the believers, they extremely make Allah Ta'ala their ma'bud. Not just, it's not just talking about ibadah, that they only do sajda to Allah. No, it's ashad. It means every single thing in their life, they do as an act of worship to Allah Ta'ala. Their whole orientation of life, and that's why Allah Ta'ala created us. وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ That we did not create jinn or humanity except to, for this ubudiyya. That they realize that. They actually behave like that. Their whole life becomes like that. Every single thing in them is about their ubudiyya, their abdiyat, their servant and slave to Allah Ta'ala. If we look at our life, we're not like that. We have a certain part of our life that's called deen. In that arena, yes, we're acting like abd and abd. And then we have the other arena of our life. It may be called professional life, it may be called family life. Doesn't mean you have to, but it's that not colored by ubudiyya. That's a separate thing. Then we use our mind, we use our own planning. We use our mind, our own planning, our own thinking, what we should do about this, what we should do about that. No, the real insan and mu'min, even in professional life, even in family life, everything is based on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything is part of their ubudiyya. Everything is done as an act of worship and an act of love for Allah. They will find some way to connect anything and everything in their life to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Lillah fillah. Everything is lillah fillah. There is no area of their life that is untouched, untouched by this love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wal ladina amanu ashadduhumma lillah. 
that those who have iman, they have such extreme love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Such extreme love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then we were telling some of our friends a few days ago that somebody asked Rabia Basriya, Rahmatullah that what is love? What is this ashad love? So she said that it means to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so intently, so unflinchingly, that even in good times and even in bad times, your mushahada of Allah Ta'ala doesn't change. Not even just your love, your mushahada. This asan an ka'anna is unaffected. The highest level of love remains permanent. That's from ashanduhumbanillah. The highest level of love. No matter you have ups and downs in the world, ups also. If you have something that's going well in your life, then what will happen is that you will sometimes become lazy. Because when people indulge in the luxuries and blessings of this world, sometimes they become lazy. Or when you have the downs in your life, people have sorrows and griefs, then they forget to turn to Allah SWT. They forget to turn to Allah SWT. So she said, no. If you really have ashaddu hubban lillah, that you remain on this level of asan and mushahida, nothing can bring you down from that high. That's what it means. Nothing in the world can bring you down from the high of the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some sadness happens to you, you remain on the high love for Allah ta'ala. Some happiness happens, some other love, jai's love, some other jai's love comes in your life, it can't take you down from the high for the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what happened to Sayyidina Salaam at that moment. Oh, Muhammad Sayyidina Aisha, she was his mahbuba, she was her, his jai's beloved. But that could not bring him down from this high that he had at that moment. Nothing can temper their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, we saw in the Mashaykh, our own Shaykh, Shaykh Hazrat Ghulam Habib Nantanay. He was a great lover of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And one of the most often narrated things about his life was that his love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was so much that he had a special love for Kalamullah, for Kitabullah, for Quran. If anybody recited Qur'an, and even there's some audios of this, of Blackburn and oh, Mufti and Ayatullah reciting Qur'an, hmm? Ajeeb. He loved it when people used to recite Qur'an. And it's narrated about him that even if he was extremely tired, or he would travel from a long journey, or even if he had been up the entire night in Bayan or Ijtima, if somebody just recited Qur'an after Fajr, or even in the Fajr Salah, he would come to life again. And he would tell people. And he used to say to people, and at that time TV had just come into Pakistan, he didn't really know what it was, but he used to tell people that whatever you people try to explain to me what TV is, that these images come in front of you, he says, I see ayat of Qur'an coming in front of me. I just see Qur'an and Qur'an and Qur'an is all beyond with Qur'an. Just recently, our Shaykh, he deputed one of the ulama in the madrasa, to compile Hazrat Murshanta's bayans. Literally now when you see it, I saw the, the pre-press copy. Every page is just ayat and ayat and so many ayat in the pages. It was ajeeb. Just Qur'an, 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 Qur'an because they're lost. Because you see the lover is lost in the words of their beloved. The lover is lost in the story of their beloved. And our Mashaikh say that the Qur'an al-Kareem is a love story. The Qur'an al-Kareem is a love story. What is this? This ilmi nukta. That there's two tertibs of Qur'an. One is the way the Qur'an is arranged right now. So we will read it so from Surah Fatiha up to Surah An-Nas. And then there's the other tertib. 
which was the from the Asbab and Nuzul, the occasions of revelation, means the first verse was revealed with Ikra, right? Okay? So that's a whole other tertip. So then, there's been a question, right, the ulama, that exactly on what basis did Sayyidina Rasulullah, did Allah Ta'ala tell Sayyidina Rasulullah to rearrange these ayat, right? So I was revealed, something happened, the Prophet put it here, another ayah was revealed, the Prophet put it here, put it here, put it here, put it here, right? Now, ulama have given many answers, tried, and actually, I've never met an alam, or ever read, and from any book of ilm, that anybody, they felt they had any definitive answer to this. They've given many answers, but they always say, yeah, we can't really, this is some, what they call raz, this was some secret, some sir, between Allah Ta'ala and the Prophet exactly what was the hikmat behind this. But the awliyaullah, they explained, that actually, Allah Ta'ala inspired Sayyidina Rasulullah to rearrange the ayat, not on the basis of their sequence and order of historical revelation, but in another tertib, in another arrangement, which means you read today. Why? So that it would become a love story. That actually they were scattered pearls, and Sayyidina Rasulullah put them on a string, and he strung the pearls perfectly as Allah Ta'ala guided him to make it all one flowing Qur'an. And the Hufas can understand experiences best. When they recite, and the really good Hufas, the Hufas Qurra, those not who have beautiful melodious voices necessarily. No, no, no. A good Hafiz is the one who is Muttaqi. The good Hafiz is the one who is Siddiq. The good Hafiz is the one who is Waliullah. The good Hafiz is the one who understands the meaning of what he's saying and feels the feelings of what he's saying. It's not about melodies and sounds. If you ever get the chance to pray taraweeh behind a person like that, Alhamdulillah, I had a chance to pray behind my stars, Hazrat Mulana Muhammad Ashraf Shah, who was also Khalifa, who was a Ghulam, you feel like the Qur'an is just flowing so seamlessly, like the waves lap against the shore. They just keep reading and reading and they're reading and they're reading. It's a seamless flow. That is the tertib of Qur'an. That was muhabbat. It's a tertib of muhabbat. Tertib of ishq. Allah Akbar. So this is part of the love that this awliya Allah had for Allah subhanahu ta'ala. That they would love Qur'an. And when anybody would recite Qur'an, their fatigue would end, their tiredness would end, and their heart would again swell up in the love for Allah subhanahu ta'ala. Their heart would swell up in the love for Allah subhanahu ta'ala. How many of us have that sign today? Hmm? Even forget we're tired, we're fresh. We're awake. We're alert. It's daytime. We make himmat, we make niyat, we try to recite Qur'an and we don't feel it. We don't feel it, we don't enjoy the beauty, we don't enjoy the flow, we don't get the feelings. It doesn't flow. It doesn't flow. So then we stop reciting it. So many are there who are hufas, who they don't get this tawfiq. Hafiz should be somebody who spends at least one, two hours a night standing in tahajjud. They don't have tawfiq for that. Why? Because they have the wordings of Qur'an. <laughs> they don't have the feelings of Qur'an. <laughs> they don't have the feelings of Qur'an. So this is the way of the lovers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then a very famous story of Majnoon. All of you may have heard the story of Layla and Majnoon. So it's written in one of the books, Allah It's a hikayah. It's a story parable, that somebody saw Majnun in a dream. So they asked him, this comes many times, even I've seen this in the books of Ibn Qayyim, the concept of seeing people in dreams and asking them what happens. But they just never translate that part for you in English. Oh. 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 So they saw Majnun in a dream. So they asked Majnun, so 
the person, yeah, he saw Majnoon in a dream. So what happens is they ask Majnoon what happened. Now again, people have this confusion here. But how is it possible? The Day of Judgment hasn't even happened yet, right? The Day of Judgment hasn't happened yet. Even if you see somebody in a dream, how can you ask them what happened? Alright. Understand this, that this world and this worldly life and our worldly existence operates under linear time. When a person dies, they enter alam barzakh alam barzakh operates in a totally different time scale whatsoever. It's not operating at this time. It's not operating at this time. That's one answer the ulama have given that some people say, okay, if somebody died a thousand years ago and they were a sinner, somebody dies today, so that person would get a thousand more years azab kabr just because they died a thousand years before the Day of Judgment. Ulama said, no, that's alam barzakh there's no concept then of solar years and solar days. Our concept of time is a totally physical universe concept of time. And that is a different realm of existence altogether. So what happens is that also, sometimes when a person enters alam e barzakh Allah Ta'ala shows that person. Shows that person. For example, their grave, like the Prophet can become rolled into Minaryal of Jannah. If they were pious, their grave becomes a garden from the gardens of Jannah. Means they know that they're forgiven. And if they were not by, sometimes their grave can also be made like a pit from the fires of hell. So here, somebody saw Majnoon and asked him, but Majnoon, what happened? So Majnoon said that, you know, I had that one sin I never made Toba from. Most famously, his sin for, sin of having love for Layla. But it's a very interesting thing. In all the stories that I've at least ever heard of Layla and Majnoon, he never does anything with Layla. He never so much as touches her. In fact, I've never even heard a story where he even looks at her. He even looks at her. It's always, he's alone. <laughs> he's by himself and he's just remembering her. <laughs> he's always alone. Poor fellow. And he's sometimes writing messages to her, writing her name in the sand. <laughs> so sometimes I think that maybe, Allah right? In fact, this is just not even, it's completely just my own fancy, right? The way I like to, because these are stories, everybody can appreciate the story the way they want. The way I think of Majnoon is that Majnoon, he fell in love with some woman called Layla, no doubt. But he never ever did anything with her. I say this is part of his taqwa. This is part of his taqwa. That he never acted on that love. He never acted on that love. But on the other hand, he could never lose that love either. Hmm? He's a romantic fellow, <laughs> right? But he was also a pious fellow. He never acted on that love. He did anything haram. In in terms of action. But he couldn't rid himself of that love. So he asks Majnoon that what happened? So Majnoon said that even though I had this one sin of mine, that I could never leave this love for Layla. Still Allah Ta'ala forgave me. Still Allah Ta'ala forgave me. And Allah Ta'ala said that on the day of judgment, I'm going to present you as the standard of love. Mayari Muhammad. And tell people that you were supposed to be Alladina Amanu Ashadduhumbalillah. Look how shadeed love this one had for Layla. Why couldn't you have such shadeed love for me, Allah? Tell Allah wants to put me there as a marker. Allah And then Allah of this one incident makes us understand why so many people quote the Mashaikh of the Sof historically used to quote his story. Why? That was the whole niyat they had. They were trying to tell people that if he loves Layla so much, why can't you love Allah Ta'ala like that? Look at this person, has all the feelings of ishq, is going through all the stages of ishq, has all the kafiyat of ishq for Layla. How come you can't feel like that for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala? 
Okay, so the person saw it in the dream. Even if you say that was just a person's own psyche, no problem, fine. But it's an interesting point, right? For us to think about that if a person can love the unlawful love so much, even in this, okay, fine, they didn't do anything, but that feelings, the feelings of love were so strong. How come we can't have ashaddu humman love? How come we can't have those intense feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And also the story is often shared so people understand what it means. Sometimes people, they don't know what ashaddu humman is. So the story of Majnoon is to show people, this is what it means to have intense love. The way Majnoon loved Layla, that was intense love. So we're supposed to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even more intensely than that. Even more intensely than that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبًّا لِلَّهِ This is the real goal of our life. This is the maqsad, the purpose of our iman. To love Allah Ta'ala intensely. Really all of this path of tasawwuf, tariqat, tazkiyah is all to get this love. To get this love for Allah Ta'ala. If a person has every single feature or look of tasawwuf and tariqat and doesn't have the love for Allah Ta'ala, they have nothing. They have nothing. One poet he said, Means that that person who in their heart they have the love for Allah Ta'ala, they're everything. They're everything. If they don't have this love for Allah Ta'ala, they're nothing. They're nothing. So the asal is to have this love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our heart. Then when the people have love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then whatever happens to them in this world, it doesn't matter. That's what it means to have nafsul mutmina. With many meanings. One meaning is nafsul mutmina is mutmain on the tests and trials and tribulations and setbacks and failures that Allah ta'ala sends. Because they know, okay, this is my beloved, he's sending this to me. If this is how my beloved wants to see me, I'm happy. One person he said in Punjabi, Duk sukham tu devanvar, duk an milaya ya. That I have no problem with the sorrows. I have no problem with the sorrows of life. In fact, I prefer to have sorrows instead of happiness. Why? Because the sorrows made me feel even closer to my beloved. <laughs> even they would go that far. <laughs> That the difficulties and sorrows of life were more beloved to them because they made them feel even more closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It doesn't mean right, that you should be wanting Allah ta'ala to send difficulty on you. But when it comes, when it comes, you, you accept it. To accept it wholeheartedly. Now those are words we say, right? That I believe, وَقَدْرِهِ خَيْرِهِ وَشَرِّهِ مِنَ اللَّهِ تَعَلَىٰ that I believe in the divine decree and whatever is good in it, the bad in it comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But when it happens to us in our life, people find it very difficult. Very difficult to handle the difficulties of life. But the person who has love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no problem. No problem. That's called sabr. This is the real meaning of sabr. People think sabr just means to deal with it patiently. And they do talqeen of this level of sabr to each other. Okay, okay, be patient. No. Sabr means not just patience. Sabr means fortitude. Sabr means endurance. Sabr means that your love for Allah Ta'ala endures no matter what happens to you in this world. So this ashad muhabbat, this intense love that we have for Allah Ta'ala endures and it stays at that same level. 
no matter what happens to us in this world. Now when a person becomes like that, then Allah Ta'ala no longer wants to test them anymore. Allah Ta'ala says that we have created this life. Why? So we can test you to see what which one of your asan, which one of your asan amala are better in their amal. But after these tests happen, and the person has nafsul mutma'inna, and they're mutma'in, and they remain in their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah says, okay, no need to test you anymore. Ya ayyutahan nafsul mutma'inna, irji. Irji. You come back. Yes, literally that's what it means. Ya ayyutahan nafsul mutma'inna, irji ila rabbik. That you just now return towards your love. There's no purpose. <laughs> you have reached that ashadduhummalillah. You've reached that height of love. Now the whole purpose of why I put you, your ruh in this body, in this world, to test you, to uplift you, to raise you to this level of love, you've achieved the maqsad of life. <laughs> You're mutmain. You have unfading love for me. There's no purpose and value left in you living. Now you should return to your love. Return to your Rabb in such a state that you are radi with him and your Rabb is radi with you. You are radi with your Rabb and your Rabb is radi with you. This was supposed to be the end of every belief. This is supposed to be how every one of us die. Every one of us should leave the world by being called to Allah Ta'ala in this manner. How many of us can say <laughs> that's how we're going to leave this world? Hmm? So this path of tasawwuf, tariqat, tazkiyah, to teach a person this, there's nothing less. Alhamdulillah. There's nothing more than this. Alhamdulillah. There's nothing other than this. Alhamdulillah. This path is all about وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَّدُّهُمْ مَنِّ that those who have iman, they're intensely extreme, extremely intense, unfading, unwavering, unflinching in their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah ta'ala put this love for him in our heart. May he accept our lives for this love. May he give us the sifat of the lovers, the adat of the lovers, the attributes of the lovers, the mannerisms of the lovers. And may he make us out of this true love. May he make us his true beloved from his mahbubin wa akhir da'wana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.